I'm Haley. And I'm Riley. And this is Movies Better, Yeah Right. A podcast where we see how our favorite YA reads and their adaptations stack up against each other. I'm a full-time writer, reader, and proud owner of four library cards. And I'm a never writer, sometimes reader, and avid movie watcher. We've been friends for six years and bond best over books and movies based off them. But instead of watching together and annoying everyone around us with our nonstop commentary, we've brought our hot takes here for you. So whether you read along, watch along, both or neither, join us as we work our way through the YA genre. Hi everyone, welcome back to Movies Better Yeah Right. This week we are doing Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. To any haters who might be out there saying this isn't YA, I talked to my big brother Charlie today and he said, you're a young adult until you're like late 20s. So Charlie said it. Screw you guys. As far as this being the first book of us like venturing technically outside of the YA genre, it barely felt like it because besides the like very explicit sex scenes, the fact that they both Alex and Henry are like living in the White House and the palace and their families around and there are all these rules and there's like this forbidden romance. It felt like I could be reading about a high school couple. Exactly. They're very kid like and they're still in school so I feel like YA like it is young adult and like I think that goes up until like you graduate but that does lead into my hot take I thought this book is for every 17 year old who actually happens to be in their late 20s because if you like ask me how old I am like like, I'm probably like 17 like I don't think much has changed mentally from then till now yeah. this book very much speaks to that like YA playful manner like even Emily Henry like doesn't like it's romancy but hers still feel like older for some reason this feels YA adjacent have you read it before funny story I read this once in 2019 while I was in the middle of what I figured out later was a ruptured ovarian <gasps> cyst problem. Yes. So this book was, I remember so clearly, not only bringing it to the hospital with me as a distraction, but when I was like hunched over in my apartment in Brooklyn, completely unsure of what was happening to me, just in so much pain and trying to like distract, I was reading the emails between Henry and Alex and I can remember it vividly. But I, I, as I was reading the book, so much of it was brand new information to me because I think I was taking it in like a like medicine and like letting it go and none of it really stuck. I was wondering if that would make it stick more, but it sounds yeah. like your memory is staying true to form. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. The trauma erased it. I've read this before too. I'm pretty sure I must have like just stolen your copy after you read it because when we lived closer, we did that yeah. all the time. But I think I read it right around the same time as American Royals. And both of those characters are Beatrice, I think. So I kept, and then there's like also like a young boy in college and I was getting so jumbled. I like could not, I knew this wasn't like, I knew he wasn't becoming the prince of the United States, but I like also kept waiting for that to happen. That's so funny that you say that because I had the same I had to check myself in the beginning and I'm like, no, no, this is like the United States of America as we know it. It's not in American Royals. It's like as if we had a royal family and yeah, we have like a monarchy. Yeah. And I had also like waiting for like a girl to get too drunk at a party or like, yes, 
a bodyguard to be flirty. And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm pretty sure that's not the right book. I was doing the same thing. That's hilarious. My hot take, I feel like, is one that you maybe could have guessed because I'm like a broken record at this point. I just want endless spinoffs of side characters. But I needed, I mean, I don't know if we've said this yet, but the love story is between the first son of the United States and the Prince of England. There is a side plot love story that you wrote you don't even see really on the page between each of their like right hand men well right hand woman and man zara oh my gosh yes they get engaged and they until like the end of the book you don't even know that they are aware of each other besides their like duties and having to communicate but they're totally engaged (laughs) and i need to know how it happened i need to know when it happened like do they just move really fast and they like just met then or had they already known each other so many questions i also because i can't not mention that this happened to me and i won't name names but i you know who you are (laughs) Like the premise of this story that Riley just gave about the first son of the United States and the Prince of England having sexy romantic relations got red wine spit in my face (laughs) recently, (laughs) which is honestly the best thing that's ever happened to me. I believe I missed it. Hilarious and amazing. I know, Riley, you really would have loved it. Maybe we can recreate it sometime. Oh my gosh. I was like, I don't know what this says about me that I'm not upset at you, but this is really just an all-time high (laughs) right now. (laughs) I can get into how this happens so we can explain to our red wine spitter how such a thing came to be. (laughs) Definitely. Um, The whole book is told from the first son of the United States perspective. We don't get anything in Henry's head, the prince. I guess if you buy one of the collector's editions, there's a Henry chapter, but I didn't get that edition, so can't tell yeah, you about like it the last chapter i was reading some article though that was like saying that you go back and forth and i was like i'm pretty sure i never mm-hmm. went back or forth no i no s- back stayed and in one place we stay in alex claremont diaz's head the whole time it's a very chaotic place to be alex is he <laughs> he's like obnoxious in a lovable way like a puppy yeah, it's I like, feel... I think the kids are calling it golden retriever energy. Yeah, okay. So that's mm-hmm. what he's like. He grew up normal. His mom was in politics, but he didn't become the first son of the United States and like a public figure until he was, I think, already out of high school and like in college. Yeah, I think he was 18. He had a full normal life, unlike Henry, who obviously is royal from the moment he came out of the womb. But In the womb as well. That's true. We meet Alex first, and one of the only things we know about him besides his golden retriever energy and his famous family is that he hates the Prince of England. He has such an extreme dislike of Henry. He just thinks he's like a pompous ass and doesn't really explain why. And you're just like, okay, you do, what is it? Thou doth protest too much is what (laughs) vibe he's giving. Um, he really does, like, considering they're not interacting in the beginning of the book, he's thinking about him a lot. Yes. And so they interact at the end of the first chapter. We He had forgotten, but he finds out he's going to a royal wedding for Henry's older brother, Philip, and his childhood sweetheart, whose name? Oh, Martha. Go me. And I think she has a nickname, too, that I can't remember. Mazzy? Certainly something. can't remember that. But when they're there, Henry's not as friendly to him as he wants him to be. So then he gets really drunk and he hates that he's there and he goes to confront Henry and they end up, I can't, I couldn't even explain to you the mechanics, but they end up falling into a $75,000 cake of an unknown amount of tears, I imagine. Oh, 
<laughs> Never mind. Do you mean eyeball tears? <laughs> yeah, I thought you were like really relating to the baker. And I was like, you're right, Riley. I hope she wasn't there. <laughs> I'm back on track. So they send the cake f- absolutely flying. Very embarrassing for the couple. They end up on all the tabloids and it's like an international relations scandal. Happened. How they ended I up on the think... tabloids? Yeah. Do you not think that if Harry fell into a cake that was $75,000 at William's wedding, that it wouldn't be the photo on the cover of every <laughs> I paper? I feel like maybe rumors of it would spread. But I don't even feel like we saw photos of them, like, dancing inside their wedding. The palace is really good at locking stuff down. Yeah. I feel like there wouldn't have even been phones or cameras anywhere near the event. Like the Met Gala or something? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank God there were cameras. You're right. The story wouldn't have gone far. It would have ended. There are cameras. We'll live in that reality. The only reason they even see each other after is because it's like this whole scandal and his mom, the president, is like, this is souring my relations with England. Like, I need you guys to play nice. So basically, a play date is formed and he needs to go to England and pretend to be have been friends with Henry all along like hang out together and be caught on camera smiling and hanging out so he does that and there's a lot of if you read and watched heartstopper with us a lot of flirting oh yeah wrestling. they're touching each other all the time while hating each other and like insults under the breath very but, like whispered celebrity. right on your neck <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like as intimate as possible uh, and he gets alex gets like his first glimpse of Henry not as prince but as like human man with feelings when he sees him in this chapter in a cancer ward chatting with kids and talking about Star Wars and just being like a real person. Yeah, he has a heart. The heart of England has a heart. Then they start texting. Who gets whose number in the book? Yeah, I'm remembering the movie right now. But yeah. then it happened in the movie and I was like, huh. I don't know. It was they also stopped taking any sort of notes after chapter three. On the book? Cool, okay. That's fine. (laughs) So we're done. Haley is out of notes for the book. (laughs) It just was a lot of book. I got you. So they're flirting. Again, it's like insults, but it's like when someone pulls your hair, they are very clearly into each other. They're like giggling at their phone all the time and texting at all hours. They're both insomniacs, you know, very along for the ride. And then they progress to phone calls. The first phone call is about a pardoned turkey that is living overnight in Alex's room. And they're like at first talking on the phone about like turkey silly stuff. And then they end up talking about divorced parent Christmas seriousness because Alex's parents are split in the book um, and his dad is in town for the holidays and it's not going the most smoothly. So they have like a little heart to heart. In that same chapter, a lot going on over the holidays. Henry comes to a New Year's Eve party. It's another one of their, like, scheduled interactions. Henry gets jealous of Alex's, you know, dancing with a lot of people. He gets a New Year's kiss from some girl. Girl, it was Nora. Oh, I haven't even explained who that is. Nora, I feel like the book and the movie don't explain who Nora is, and she's just around. I was trying to piece it together i'm pretty sure she's the vice president's granddaughter she is i had to google it because i was like i swear (laughs) this is nowhere but i was confusing her with whoever like the other person in american royals is (laughs) 
<laughs> so it really like was not clicking. Not clicking. Her and Alex and then Alex's sister June are like the White House trio is what they're called. Yeah, they're three best friends. And I'm pretty sure Nora slept with both of them. But they're all yes. still friends. That's like in the past. They just had to try and then seem fine. <laughs> so they kiss at midnight and it's like not a thing. But Henry is clearly upset. And when he goes outside. Oh, jelly belly. He's what? A jelly belly? And he's sad. He like starts talking to Alex outside about what he would do if he wasn't, if like this wasn't his life. He would want to like be a writer. And he said he would date different people. He's trying to come out to Alex, feel it out and see if Alex yeah, can get this in. Alex has no idea what he's talking about um, until Henry kisses him. And then he's like, oh that's what you're talking about but what did you think i thought it was an extremely smooth transition from enemies to lovers that's true but i only think it was believable because i never believed they were enemies (laughs) that's true so it was really just like unrequited lovers to actually (laughs) requited lovers fake enemies you're right in fantasy a lot it'll be like the love interest killed half your family like in vampire diaries (laughs) <laughs> Damon and Stefan are like killing all of her friends all the time. And she's still like, I guess we could try to make it work. I hate you though. Whereas yeah, this was like, that. you were mean to me once, but you apologize now. So we can be BFFs immediately. They go like kind of back to being enemies or at least strangers. Henry, like after the kiss, just ignores all of Alex's texts and calls. Um, yeah, they were sad and- boys. Henry goes out with a woman and is, like, photographed on a date. And meanwhile, Alex is, like, freaking out across the pond about the kiss and, like, what that means about his sexuality. And he's, like, comes out to June, calls, like, a high school friend and is, like, was the stuff that we used to be doing? Like, am I yeah, gay? lack of self-awareness. I appreciated that there's Liam, who at this point hasn't talked to Alex in, like, years and is, like, dating someone I think named Spencer and is like really you're reaching out to me with this question like that's not my job to tell you but I appreciated that at the end he like gets a moment where they have like Alex apologizes and they like they're gonna hang out and they he doesn't just like exist for this one conversation and like disappear that's true it was like finally giving him back like a piece of his old life too like I think he understands himself more now um and when he comes out to June and Nora he's says he's bisexual and Nora is like completely unsurprised absolutely like her reaction is like yes and um and then June is mostly just upset to have been left in the dark yeah and I think she gets told way later too like it's she's already figured it out by the time he says anything which uh, it always happens in like books I mean I guess it's like a common way for people to react but it's just so shitty like get over it I don't know why you need to like, like, I think that's something you need to deal with on your own without ever mentioning it to someone. It's giving Tao. So Henry comes to the White House for another event. This is while he's still ghosting Alex. So they haven't been speaking. And then through like some secret service finagling, Alex gets Henry into a room alone. And they like make up, make up, well, they make up and make out. In front of like all of the above, all of yes, in front of all of these artifacts in this very fancy White House room, which is funny to picture. And then they just continue. This starts like a stream of scenes of like 
them hooking up at a polo match when Alex goes to England. There's like suddenly a lot of flying back and forth between them. Which they say is fine. I'm still a little sussed on how they were doing that. So with whose money? (laughs) Everyone said it was totally above board. So Oh yeah, there was a line to clarify. They didn't use any taxpayer money. With all the secret <laughs> service that has to be sent wherever you go. But whatever. That's whatever. neither here nor there. This is when they start exchanging their emails while they're apart. In between all these visits back and forth. The emails that I read while hunched over and dying. By the way, if you've got ovaries and someone at the doctors tries to tell you that you just have food poisoning because your appendix looks fine, but you have appendicitis-like pain, it might be a ruptured ovarian cyst. So if your doctor's a dude, maybe ask him because he might And that was our PSA. Yeah. Don't get ovarian health. My cat fell off a chair. Your cat, I saw, jumped on a chair. Was she trying to jump on mine? Yeah. I just heard it behind me. Yeah, I witnessed her. Now, oh, you're right that June found out later. I should have written on chapter five, he came out to Nora, because in chapter seven, June confronts him. We record everything. I'm just mixing up names, those four-letter names. June, like, confronts him. Basically, she wants to float the idea of him, like, slowing down on politics, because Alex wants to be, like, the youngest senator ever, and he's, like, working for his mom's campaign. He's very ambitious, and she's like, you know, if you're gonna be... She's had some, like, career issues where she wants to be a journalist and she can't really do that because she is the first daughter of the United States and you can't really be what is that? She can like write for bustle about what her favorite lip balm is. Yeah. But nobody really wants wants. to hear anything else. So she's like, you know, if you're gonna be dating the Prince of England, maybe you need to like temper your expectations about what your job looks like and what the rest of your life looks like. But he is like, eh, not really listening. Instead, he graduates and starts working for his mom. What happens? Oh, he has like a graduation party where the like White House trio parties with the other three, like Henry and his sister, Beatrice and his friend. Is it Paz or Pez? It's I think it's Pez. It's Pez like the candy? Uh, I thought that's how it's spelled. Okay. I don't remember. But I think his full name is Percy. Well, they so all is hang it- out. There's no op. How do you say it in an English accent? Pez. I don't know. I don't know where the nickname comes from. (laughs) Okay. They (laughs) party for the first time, all six of them. Henry and Alex have sex for the first time after this, like, party karaoke scene. Very sweet. Very wholesome. Suddenly they're, like, not drunk anymore. (laughs) Which yeah, were at the I think really sobered up. Yeah, but I'm like, I, which is good. Like, what's the secret? How did you just do that? Yeah, I don't know, but I would say I feel like everything says that these books are like really steamy, but I think these border on like closed door romance, like all hinting, like she never. There's or, no synonym for penis. Never out, yeah, you'll, you'll yeah, it's never outright written like anything, like the way. Not that I'm spending all my time reading books like this, but it can get way more graphic than whatever's in here. Oh my god. Billy? Ah, the bookcase. <laughs> I feel like they the author makes it clear that like what is happening. Like you like logistically you're able to be like, ah, okay, this is the base we're at, but it's not super detailed. Yeah, they definitely tell you like what's going on. 
without that being like the main purpose. Pretty um, skillful. I could never. I was like halfway through the book before I was like, I don't think there's been any like weird word for penis this whole time because like I feel like every romance book has some word that I'm just like oh god the synonyms but they were we not get that rather creative I can't think of any at the moment I think I've blocked them out I wonder if we make it to after eclipse or breaking oh. dawn if there's anything for uh, what they what? do is that a bug <laughs> oh sorry it was a piece of my headphone that broke off and resembled a bug and landed on my arm. We're really just Woo! infested with critters right now. Yeah, this is the first movie's better. Yeah, right after hours. It's off the road. That is true, yeah. Okay, Alex, back to him. He's working That's for his right. mom. He is trying to turn Texas blue. That's his big goal that he's working on on the side. I didn't think that was his goal. I thought that was like his side project that n- he never tells anybody about ever. Yeah, like a secret like goal. He had nothing to do with it. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> okay, I've got to go. Hold on. Stab it! Do you mind? <laughs> Mom's doing business. Um. <laughs> I just had a recreation of the Lion King happen oh. right behind me. And you guys, oh God, well, we don't record our videos anyway, but Riley couldn't even see. Yeah, the camera is just cutting it off. I'm pretty sure in that situation, Babbitt was Mufasa and Silva was Scar. Oh, no. <laughs> That's but what was happening? I, Wait. She was on the front of the bookcase. On the Silver book was, side, Silva was the innocent one. No. no, oh, I think she was, but it didn't look like it. Okay. If you guys are hearing this, it's your lucky treat. Okay, I don't even remember. Sorry. Oh, it was like a secret goal of his, not something he was broadcasting, and he wasn't like I in he Texas was just working, working on. on grass. Yeah. So here's the thing, you guys. In the movie, yeah, he's in Texas. Like, that's his Campaigning job. Campaigning. Yeah. Which is not at all what I thought happened in the book. No. And the movie, he's, like, doing voter registration and, like, really actively trying to turn Texas blue. In the movie, he's dealing with, like, oh, my God. The word is escaping me. What is it called? The lines. The <laughs> lines. <laughs> this is going to bug me. Hold on. I didn't know where to bring this up. But as someone who really is not interested in politics, I thought this book could lose 100 pages. Oh, I was just like, oh, my God, do I really need to know the voter demographic? I'm of talking about gerrymandering. I don't know what that means. Okay. I probably just, skimmed. He's trying to figure out how if the districts are organized in a certain way, the state would be blue. But if it's the lines okay. have been drawn, then yes. they'll be red. I don't think he gets any of that done, though. Which is what's no. confusing because he's like, I don't think he goal. ever even shows anybody. I think that one guy looks at it, but. Weird plot then because it takes up a lot of his mental space. I don't know. I do like I, politics are important. This was giving me election PTSD. It's hard to read living in the world. I think this was maybe not even in 2019. I think I would have had f- fun reading this in 2015. Well, Casey or started like 2014. Writing, they started writing this in 2016, and it was like an escape 
from all the shittiness. But I guess now in our current situation where we're better off, we do have our first woman in the White House as Madam Vice President. We don't have Uma Thurman as president, but we are. That's a bummer and a half, but we are (laughs) one step closer and have made history. So we're improving, I think. We weirdly were on the same couch when that happened. I was like on the road from Maine to New York. I was like somewhere in Massachusetts when the election was called. So by the time we got to your house or your apartment, it was a big celebratory time. We got to see her. It made me cry. So trying to turn Texas blue. He's also (laughs) (laughs) he's looking into the LSAT. He's considering like a career in law. He has sex at Wimbledon. Just, you know, lots happening. I Um, I wonder who else has done that. Maybe Kate and William. Maybe. Probably the whole family. I'll spread um, that rumor. The I haven't mentioned it before, but Alex has like a role model named Luna. That's his last name. Uh, Raphael. Raphael Luna, who he's like worked for in the past or volunteered for. And he's like, I think the first like openly gay senator. And Alex thinks what he's doing and his policies are great and cool. And he wants to be like him. But then the this guy joins the man running against Alex's mom. His name is Richards, and he's the enemy. Is it so, not Richardson? Well, we wrote Richard, so it's probably wrong. Could be Richardson. All of my notes say Richardson, but <laughs> I really don't that know chapter how to, three in the movie. You know, maybe they changed the name. Maybe. So Alex is like super down about this. He doesn't understand why his like role model is doing such a thing. Henry comes to the DNC as like a means of support because he knows he's feeling really down and then he spends the night in alex's hotel room and zara finds them the next day and she absolutely flips out has a conniption and Uh says that alex has to come out to his mom um which he does and she's super accepting great wonderful but says you are off the campaign sorry yeah he gets fired from his real job but he distracts with some, this is romantic letter time, where we get a lot of quotes from political figures. Oh, yeah. It's which, really sweet. That's probably one of my favorite parts of the book are all of the quotes that Casey dug up of, like, random people writing to their supposedly platonic friends in extremely yeah. sweet ways. Yeah, they were able to dig up, like, a lot of queer history, which was, yeah. I had never heard of before so having those direct quotes was so romantic and then they go to um henry goes to texas where the white house trio always hangs out at the their dad june and alex's dad's lake house and Mm -hmm. alex is about to say that he loves henry about to come out of his mouth it's clear where he's going and henry jumps into the water swims away goes back to their bedroom Basically goes to bed and leaves the next morning and just, like, dips. I can't believe, like, there was no further conversation. Like, if I was Alex, I would have swam, too, and been like, what was that? Did go speak for, like, another 13 hours? It made no sense. Alex has never not spoken for 13 hours. Never happened in his life. Henry ghosts Alex for an entire week. So Alex pulls, like, a grand romantic gesture and he flies to England. He, like, demands to see Henry... They make up and make out. And it was so romantic. It was. There was like rain involved. 
And they go to a museum at night where they have like the conversation where they agree to be like all in, but like to take it slow because Henry's like basically he ghosted Alex because he was freaking out because he's always loved him, but he's always been aware that like as the prince, he's not like, oh, my mom's going to be out of office in like four years and then like my life can be somewhat normal. He's like, I am always Mm -hmm. the heart of England and I am not supposed to be gay according to my family members. So he's yeah. like, oh, this is too serious. I can't do this. But they agree to go slow. And this mm-hmm. date gave me Bachelor vibes. The, like, in a museum alone was very oh, yeah. The Bachelor. It was. I was having a hard time picturing it, though. Do you watch The I Bachelor? I feel this was where... <laughs> I don't think watching The Bachelor would have helped me that's picture true. the V&A museum. Oh, well, that's true. I've never been to that museum. <laughs> and they like, at the, in The Bachelor, they don't look at art ever. I don't think they yeah. eat with the food that they have. I was missing Heartstopper because I was like, oh, couldn't they have just drawn me a little picture here so I could like really get it? Like, yeah. It just felt like a lot of describing, which I'm sure was done really well. But I was getting a little lost in the sauce. I hope the movie helped you. That scene was cute. So I really thought it would. And I was still lost. <laughs> it was too dimly lit. Um, yeah, a little. It looked less impressive than I thought it would. I don't funny. know. Like, weren't uh, there supposed to be giant cathedral doors? and? Yeah, they really just show you, like, some statues inside of a room. Yeah, like, it looked like the most boring room of the Met. Yeah. Maybe it didn't have filming rights. I don't know. Probably not, I would guess. They would not let you film in there. Because isn't it all royal stuff? I've definitely been there. Oh, I have not. I haven't been well, to I, London I since did I was like I live in London for a time. <laughs> so, there's more emails happening. Sexy emails. Very NSFW emails. We're saying it all in the emails. Um, and then Henry comes out to Philip. It doesn't go well. Philip is like, um, he's like. Oh, he's a loser. I'm What's trying, his name? I know. David's name in Heartstopper? Is that his name? I just said it. What's David's name? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't, that sounds, sounds <laughs> like David. David. <laughs> so he's a big turd. Oh, and then sort of in response to this, Henry fake dates June and Alex fake dates Nora. Oh, so much happens in this book. Yeah. I forgot about that already. Each and I chapter. just finished it two days ago. It is jam-packed. Yeah. They fake date for like a minute. Alex like angrily confronts Raphael Luna and sort of like is not very, doesn't keep it close to the chest. And if you read between the lines, you can tell he's saying that he's like with the Prince of England. And shortly after that, he and Henry are outed like pictures of them kissing all every single explicit email, which so was sad. horrifying out for everyone to read. His family, well, Alex's family is supportive. Henry's not so much. Alex goes to England where he and Henry like force communications with the queen and his mom, Henry's mom, who's been like MIA this whole time since Henry's dad died, steps up and is like in his corner because the queen is like very much willing to pretend this wasn't real and explain it away. He seemed capable. I was a little impressed. What can't the queen do? I was really dying for the scene of her just very slowly making her tea while they all sat and waited oh for this God. conversation yeah. and it didn't happen but we can talk about that i know i yeah we'll get into that but i was confused okay so then we have one thing 
Never. This next chapter, it's all going to sound like a soap opera. And I think I wrote, I guess politics is a soap opera. But this chapter is insane. <laughs> Raphael Luna sends proof to Nora that she decodes with her computer skills, figures out of that Richards, the enemy guy that's running against Uma Thurman, was the one to stalk Alex and Henry and out them. And how he found out initially at all, I don't know. I think he was just going, hacking the email server in general and stumbled on a treasure trove. I'm not sure. Alex makes like a speech. Everyone, how do I even explain this? It's so complicated. It's like clear that Luna was the whistleblower. He is off of the enemy's campaign and it's, everyone knows that like Richards did this. It's not stopping him from running, but it is putting him in a really shitty light because he stalked and outed. I was going to say children. They're not children, but still. Young adults. Alex talks to Luna about why he joined the campaign in the first place. And then that's a whole story about like Luna was once working for him as an intern and like Richards assaulted him and then blackmailed him into working for him and like had like information on him. So he wouldn't come out about I the assault. It was like so. Thought the plot did get a little away. It was a lot. Yeah. Well, this is where I mean, like maybe it didn't need to be four hundred pages long. Well, I feel like- I am here for it, and maybe it did explain it somehow. But I think the edits that the movie did make mm-hmm. in an effort of time. It didn't work. You know me, I usually am like, how dare you? But it it made sense, and I thought it streamlined the narrative a little. It simplified it really well. Because now I just, like, you got me all upset about Luna now, and there's 20 (laughs) pages left. That's not getting fixed anytime soon. Like, it's too much. It ends after that with, like, a, a few months later, like, epilogue. Where the guys are taking courtship photos. Oh, yeah, that was cute. cute. And then Uma Thurman, I I don't know her name, Alex's mom. She wins. Ellen Claremont. Ellen Claremont, Mrs. Madam President, wins the election by Texas alone. Mrs. Uma. Alex takes his LSAT and he's planning to go to law school and live in Brooklyn with Henry as Henry runs a branch of his charity. The end wow how did okay that was a lot of pages i feel out of breath i feel winded but i'm done yeah riley definitely got the hard the harder part this week because the movie is just all of that with humans (laughs) so it's a pretty safe bet that if it happened in the book they tried to get in the movie, but I do have a list of some of the stuff they just could not hack. If you're ready for some movie differences. I'm ready. So our main differences in this movie. No June. She is nixed from the narrative. There is Nora. Tell me if you got this vibe. Was Nora a 65-year-old woman? Because <laughs> well, I like could not understand the vibe. They again didn't explain who she was in this movie. Just like no. in the book, I was like, luckily I know who Nora is. And I and know I that didn't she was even that close. And I just thought she like looked really old. I think maybe it was the hair and the like political outfits. That'll make anybody look old. She just didn't really seem like the type to let loose. Where in like the book, she was like really snarky and yeah. funny. Like seems even when she's like doing all her hacker business, she's like eating a cold slice of pizza and drinking a beer. That's true. Like- That's not quite the vibe here. I will say the director, Matthew Lopez, explains the June cut 
in a way that he says he admits it was tough for Casey, probably the toughest of all the things he changed, but he thinks that they understood at the end why. So his his decision was if he put both of them in, Nora and June together would have very little to do if they were both there. He worried about two actresses having half a meal, neither being given a real chance to shine. He thought they would fade into the background as a result. So on set, they would often say R.I.P. June because they would take what they needed from her character and give it to Nora. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> that feels really cold. Yeah. I think if it was a TV show, they would have been like the more the merrier. But yeah. in a movie, I kept being like, there's no way they're going to fit everything. And they like really had to work to like make mm-hmm. all of this happen in two hours. And like the movie was long. It was like two-ish mm-hmm. hours. So June's gone. Leo, the stepdad, is gone. Yeah, He's kind of irrelevant anyway. But in the movie, the parents are like married and happy. Do you want to know the director's take on that too? Yeah. He said he was really drawn to the notion of showing, oh, <laughs> our third host, Billy. Oh my God, it's a bot. Um, He says, I was really drawn to the notion of showing a Latino father who is still with his family. I wanted to show a Mexican American family unit. And also he said, just in general, he was trying to simplify the character list and cut it down wherever he could. I feel like it was, like, the element of, like, them having something to talk about, but they let... Should I put a stop to this? Maybe. (laughs) Doesn't seem to be getting any better. (laughs) Stand by. There was a spring in the box, everybody. Oh. So, Leo's gone. Liam, out of here. No Liam. Henry's mom, gone. Yes. Raphael Luna, not today. <laughs> so those are our big cuts. They were left on the cutting room floor, as the film buffs say. Another big difference, Alex seems to know he's bi. This was not news to him. He's had some Which experiences. changes him. Like, those are two very different people. Someone who has been experimenting and knows they're bi, and someone who is experimenting, but for whatever reason, genuinely shocked by this piece of information. I think so, probably just to make it cut out however many minutes of the movie would have to be, like, conversations of him, like... Yeah, that's true. But, but yeah, I agree that it is a different person. He knows this about himself because of the show's main antagonist, who is... I should have taken away the spring. I'm realizing <laughs> the box wasn't the problem. The main antagonist is... Miguel, who's a wannabe journalist who's gone on a few dates with Alex, he has some like annoying issue and he is like the main antagonist, not Richards or Richardson. We don't know. So we talked about this. Alex goes to Texas for this campaign. So he has like a whole different job and he never really gets fired the same way. He seems to like accomplish this and then everything happens. He's out of college in the movie. He's like a little bit older. So he's not like balancing the campaign and college yeah he's like like fully in texas living there working so we didn't really talk about this but in the book henry's sister beatrice has like history with addiction and has her own slew of things she's dealing with and but i will say movie version of princess b did not seem like a powdered princess clean as a whistle yeah she was like the most generic i am a sister princess yeah. that ever did live 
So I don't know. They could have kept her grungy, and I don't think anyone would have had questions, but she was very prim and proper. I don't have an explanation for that one. I wish I did because I was confused. We see the news of the leak from Henry's side, which I really liked, actually. I thought that was interesting. So we never get to see Henry, his perspective in the book. Yeah, and I thought they made it perfect Mm -hmm. where we – I thought that would be how he was in the book. And that's, like, the most – in terms of either side, that side has the most conflict. Like, Alex was upset, but mostly because he was worried about Henry. And Henry's got, like – no one on his side over there but henry is like doing okay but he preps for his conversation with the king not the queen no queen to be found why couldn't we have a queen let me tell you the director said he wanted to use stephen fry that's the actor so he was just like dad from gilmore girls because i thought that man died no that guy did die but they look a lot alike no they don't look that much alike no i don't know maybe he's like big in england i have no idea but the the director was literally like made the role for him because he was like i want him to be cast in this movie so i'm just gonna swap a king for a queen that's and he said that really like, annoying to me like i think that's a huge difference and very rude to the queen the, the next the like this generation of movie watchers from here on out for the next i mean the next, like, three people to take the throne are going to be so men. So we erase history. Did we learn nothing from Casey? That's what he decided. Ugh. No tea. Instead, he pours himself some, like, bourbon or something. Good God. And it really irked me. Yeah. Now the reasoning irks me even more. Mm-hmm. That's really unfortunate. But they do that whole thing, basically, just with the king instead. The main difference here is that instead of, like, looking out the window and, like, getting support that way, they go out on the fucking balcony. And wave at everyone. so dangerous. Is that well, not how, like, every politician's been killed well, ever? Well, they're not in America. Just- they're not in the United States. So I don't think you could do that yes, right, in this maybe. country of ours, but... Perhaps I see your point. Think of how often, like the royal family does, like a walkabout, and they're just like, oh yeah, and they always are just wandering around. Gun control came out with her baby and everything. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's a thing it that freaked they can do out. there. As only. an American, I did not like it. I had the same instinct. Did we? Did you say when you were talking about the enemy guy what he does, or is that later? Oh yeah, sorry. So it's basically the same thing like the emails get leaked and everything so like they get leaked at like 12 30 at night and somehow this man has magically written an article referencing all the emails by 2 a.m so he's like on a news story like being interviewed and the in the reporter seems to like suspect it a little bit and he's like i don't know what you're getting at and then that's kind of all we get so i think it's like safe to say he's the one who did it but his like motives yeah, I think he's just jealous, which was, like, weird. Very much wanted a story. He wanted yeah. his time to shine. So it is, like, a little pettier than, like, the book. The book has, like, more weight behind it, like, what happens and why. Whereas this so was just, like, a explain. bitter ex. Yeah. But I still don't know how the bitter ex broke into the White House systems. That is that is the But best. it was quicker and easier, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was kind of obvious he was going to do something. He was just like yeah, this. Yeah, he seemed evil from the start. Shady character. Mm-hmm. Those are all the main differences. And then I have my like favorite movie scene. 
I thought the way they did like the text messaging montage mm-hmm. was the best I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. It was like so dynamic and cute and Henry would like glitter appear. Well, I think mm-hmm. it's leaves and stuff, but I picture it as like a cloud of pizzazz and then Henry's laying on the bed like saying what he's texting. And it was just so fun to watch. I would like rewatch that scene over and over again. The director had a background in theater and he was saying when you like watch a play, you never have to wonder who's talking and who's texting and like keep up like that's what you would do. You just put them on the stage. On the side. He was like, I'm just going to do that in a movie. I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. I haven't really seen that before in the same way. Yeah. And it was so easy for me because I can never read fast enough. So when they like pop up text messages, I like cannot keep up. 10 out of 10. Did you have a favorite scene? I was not prepared for this question. I I'm Let me think so about it. But I will it. say the ice cream scene is a deleted scene that you can watch on YouTube of them in like the kitchen eating. Oh, cute. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but there is a scene from the book that makes it in there. Um, My favorite scene would be uh, I really this is not my favorite scene but you know drawing a blank here I enjoyed watching the cake play out because I didn't understand how that happened and apparently the cake was real and it was delicious according to the two of them in a GQ article but the cake looked amazing I wanted to try it myself it was like devastating to watch it fall because it looked delicious oh yeah it was well done I was hoping the same thing would happen for me for the closet scene where they like fall in the closet at the oh, hospital yeah. and can't get up. But it really looked like they could have just gotten up. So yeah, it was I not didn't as get cramped. the same satisfaction. Did you ever believe that it was cramped or that they just. Yes. They I were thought... saying they couldn't stand up. Sure. You thought they, they couldn't stand up. <laughs> when it, I'm dumb. I don't know. Like, there's no way you. <laughs> I didn't believe it, but I believed them. And then I was like, I'm sure the movie will show me how that's possible. And then it didn't. I thought of another scene. I don't think that anytime I've ever seen anybody dance to get low, that people, every single person in the room uh, is going to get low at the same time. A romantic montage. Of so, yeah, so they could yeah. look at each other while standing. But I did appreciate in that scene. It was very funny to me because I liked this in the book and I liked it in the movie when Henry's listening to the lyrics and he's like, did he just say sweat drown my balls? <laughs> he's like he so hard. <laughs> I guess not. I don't know how he could know everything else, but that's like the he one like, cultural reference he missed. I mean, if you weren't at prom in 2010. That song followed me everywhere. <laughs> I wish it stopped at prom. And Did every you... scene with Zara, I was like 10 out of 10. I thought she acted beautifully. She was great. She played that character so well. Did you spot mm-hmm. Casey, the author no. cameo? There was two cameos. There was... I don't know what Casey looks like, though. Oh, I follow them on Instagram. There was mm-hmm. Casey as a human being in the speech writing scene when Uma Thurman is possibly going to write a concession speech, they're like kneeling, helping write stuff down. And then their book, One Last Stop, is the book that Alex is reading in the hammock when they're... Oh, I saw that book. It had a good cover. Yeah. And Henry's reading the book I was reading at your wedding, weirdly, Girl, Woman, Other. Oh, weird. I was like, I know that book. A different cover because he had like the English version. But, Interesting. But yeah, there's a double cameo, a book cameo and a person cameo. How fun. Well, while we're talking back to book for a minute, I'll provide my author facts. This is an interview where 
they kind of gave a little bit more information and like answered some fan asked questions. So apparently Casey said that Freddie Mercury is Alex's bi icon. (laughs) He loves speak now and is a Swifty. And then he also loves the killers because he had a crush on the lead singer. So we get some little backstory. Oh. For Prince Henry, they pictured a baby Jude Law being the person to like play him, and that his gay awakening was British actor Colin Firth, but as Mr. Darcy in Pride and Prejudice. Of course. So Alex and Henry would appear as guest judges on RuPaul's Drag Race in a second if they were ever asked. And there's a RuPaul mention in the but, yeah, they're no. fans. I've just recently started watching from the beginning, and I'm, I'm having a great time. But you're starting at the beginning. Delaney has me going. She's, like, selecting seasons and making me watch That's in a very fun. specific order. I've now gone backwards. I think I've watched six and five and an all-star season. I've watched two, and I think I'm on four now. We I'm might pretty be. sure whatever I'm watching on doesn't have all the seasons, so I'm just taking what I can get. Yeah, I'm watching on Hulu, and eventually it makes its way to Peacock, and I don't have any of those. Mm, that's where we're going to be cut off. Yeah, but, but yeah, I could see them judging. Their favorite drag queens are Bob the Drag Queen and Sasha Velour. So now we know. Now we and know. then a fan asked Casey, do you think Henry proposed or Alex? And Casey replied with, I cannot answer this one just in case it ends up being a spoiler one day. Fun. So maybe, maybe in um, the Zara they're writing more books <laughs> or they're helping with another movie. Who knows? Ooh, that's exciting. I wanted to say that they haven't promoted the movie, which at first I was like, do they not like it? But then I remembered the writer strike and they like oh. posted something on Instagram about like, I have nothing but respect and admiration for every actor and artist and crew member. And like, they deserve everything they've worked hard for as much as I want to like blast the shit out of this movie on social media. They're not. Instead, they've been like posting a lot of book stuff. It is a bummer though, because I'm like dying to see like which scenes were their favorite or. I I wonder if they'll go back. Maybe. It took five months to cast the guys, um, especially Alex. He took the longest. Seemed old. They nailed a chemistry read on Zoom. That was like when they knew, within five minutes, the director was like, oh, these two are it. I do think the actor for Alex was perfect. I just felt like he seemed old sometimes. Closer to 35. How old is he? Did you recognize him? From the kissing booth, too. One day we'll get to that. He's shitty in that. Just guys away. I was nervous. everyone else in that movie. When they cast him in this, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, that guy. But yeah. I loved him in this. I love both of them. And the director said he aged them up on purpose. They're not supposed to be – they're supposed oh. to be, like, out of college. I mean, that wouldn't make him 35. I don't think he's supposed to be that old. But I just think sometimes he looked old. Also, he's also tall. He was supposed to be shorter than Henry. Oh, yeah. I love long eyelashes, and the actor has beautiful long oh eyelashes. Gosh, but sometimes yeah. I was like, oh, I want to take scissors to those things. They were <laughs> very distracting. He finished the book, and Henry, the actor, did not. He said the script was by ah. Interesting. Yeah. I just don't like that still. I know. It's not my favorite. I was like, Henry. However, I mean, I guess, you know what? The book is not from Henry's perspective. I appreciate that the guy who played Alex would read the whole book. Yeah, that's like, true. Henry's really getting Alex's think story. You know your source material. Like, you don't have to read it first if it hasn't happened yet. But even, like, after the fact, I would be like, oh, we filmed everything and then I read it. Do you want to hear some? I've got royal Easter eggs that I have listed here. Yeah. Thanks to... 
a f- helpful article I found. They make a joke about the cake, how they had to practically break the doors down to get it inside, which is a reference to Kate and Will's cake, which actually did need a door dismantled to make it into the building. I thought it was a joke that they'd have cakes that big. That's so ugly. Princess Martha's tiara at the wedding is a replica of the one that Meghan Markle got as a Queen Elizabeth loner. But if you look at side-by-side pictures, the tiaras are almost exactly the same. That's pretty cool. I follow a person on TikTok who talks about all the royal jewelry. It's pretty cool how it gets like Mm -hmm. you get to borrow it. Henry labels himself the spare just like Prince Harry's memoir title. I know, but in the book, they kept calling him the heir to the throne. And I was like, uh, no, he's like he's not an heir. Like, I don't know. He's in line for the throne. He's like the same way that Princess Charlotte would be an heir. I don't know if you would call. I don't know what the terminology is there. They kept saying it as like not a joke. And I was like getting very confused. I was huh. like, I thought Philip was older. He just got he married. He's definitely yeah. the heir. Princess Beatrice wears dresses modeled exactly after specific dresses of Kate's and also of Taylor Swift. That's why she looks so stuffy. And there is a... modeled after Taylor Swift Swift reputation era. (laughs) Yeah, that is not... The one that was a Taylor Swift dress was the blue one, which was very fancy and stuffy as well. Fancy. And then the last, like, Prince Harry, Prince Henry connection is that Henry (laughs) makes a comment about being, like, paraded around after his dad's death. Which mm. is exactly what happened to Harry after Diana died. So that Horrible. felt like a nod to all the stuff he said recently in interviews and stuff. I like those connections. The last one was the hack. The fact that their emails were hacked and like published by a journalist it seemed like relevant because Her- Harry is like currently, or he just was a couple months ago, on trial against a tabloid for like unlawfully gathering information about him. Felt like a thing that could happen. So interesting. Yeah, I wonder if. The royals have read this. (laughs) They've seen the crown. They have, like, admitted to that. So maybe. They're not above fan fiction. Did you think they thought they were more famous than they were? I guess we haven't had, like, young adult slash older teenagers in the White House in a long time. Who cared about Sasha and Malia? Uh, People care about them now still. Now that they're, like, that age. that aggressively it's not like i can't escape them they're on oh. every cover of people and vote well and i think if they were in if they were in the white house right now at this age i think they would be because isn't there a teenager in the white house now wait joe, joe biden does not have a teenager Harris, were those all her kids who was yeah, yeah. they're like college agent when they they do things they're like it's a story but I guess it is. I it guess they're not like- as... Alex is very, like, in the public eye trying to make speeches and be a political figure. I guess and they're, like, dating each other. It was um, hard for me to picture. I was trying to remember what it was like for the Bushes. I feel like they were like that. I just feel but like I was too little to notice. are such freaks about Harry and Meghan that I could see us doing that about if there was... Our people. Like, a similar age... And some drama and dating going on. Yeah, I'm not to say I'm above drama. I w- I'm sure I would be heavily involved. Did you? Well, wait. Did you have other book facts? Or, no. Okay, I was going to ask out. if you preferred book to movie. So it's about hmm. that time. Book, but I thought the movie was really great. I thought it was fun and well done, and like 
as good of an adaptation as you could ask for. Agreed. So yeah. I really liked that. I would pick I think book- the book like gave you a little more, but I could have left like a hundred pages. It got a little long for me. I just wouldn't have wanted to pick the medium that didn't have like June in it because that felt like yeah. a bummer. So uh, yeah, I liked the relationship between the friends a lot more in the book. So I would pick book, but I agree that as far as adaptations go, I had very little complaints. All the changes that were made made except for the king made the sense king. to me. So great job, Matthew Lopez. For the most part. So are you reading anything right now? I just finished an odd I've been like on an audiobook <gasps> spree, which is weird for me. I've been getting them through the library, and I just read The Weight of Blood by Tiffany D. Jackson, who, if you've never read Tiffany, she's uh, very much the queen of the twist. Is that who wrote Grown? Yes. The yellow cover? Yes. Yeah. This is like a Carrie sort of spin. It's like a horror book that Mm. is. I won't give anything away, but it was really good. And it was good on audio because they had all kinds of different actors for... There was like segments oh, of the book fun. that were like podcast bits and segments that were as each as different characters did different chapters. They had completely different people. I think there was like a cast of five. So it was. Oh, it was I cool. like that. That's more engaging. Yeah. I don't like when a woman is suddenly like, oh, I, was and I walked into the room. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. Uh, what are you reading? <laughs> um, I meant to be reading. The Adventures of Amina al-Sarafi, but I forgot my book at home this morning. So tomorrow I will be reading that. But I requested the large print because it came faster. But now I'm worried if anyone sees me, they're going to be like, this girl is a mess. And it's so heavy. But the cover is really beautiful, and I think it's about pirates. Cool. It's by Shannon... Chakro Bordy. Love. Can I see the cover while we're... It's like a really good use of primary colors. There's some bad uses out there. Speaking of primary colors, our next book. Right? Oh. Primary colors? Um, Can you have one? I have one. Oh, wait. Yes. Love and Gelato. They are... They're light, light primaries. Okay. Not what our book was. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> I was like, really? Just one? I was thinking red. <laughs> mm-hmm. A clue for the next next book. But yeah, let us know if you figure it out. Our next book is Love and Gelato by Jenna Evans Welch. If you'd like to read along, the movie is on Netflix. And they're both pretty quick. Yeah, and... I highly recommend a read and a watch for this one. Yeah. It's a party and a half. It's going to be a fun discussion. Well, thank you everyone for listening. I'm sorry for the chaos. I think there's no way you don't hear at least some of it at the After Hours app. I think this is the latest we've recorded and we made it through. It most definitely is because it's my bedtime in 10 minutes. But Oh, oh my God, mine too. Before we go, um, to follow along on what we're reading and to get excited upcoming episodes you can follow us on instagram at, at movies better yeah right and then if you want to buy a book not from amazon you can go on our bookshop to support independent bookstores and that's bookshop.org slash shop slash movies better yeah right and then there's all of the books we've read for the podcast you can catch up and then there's anything that we 
personally have said that we're reading. If you were like, what was that thing they said three weeks ago? It'll be on there. That's so fun. That will be a nice resource for me too. I'll be like, what was that thing Riley said she was reading that I want to read now? I'll go exactly. Look. Amazing. Well, thank you guys. We'll see you soon to talk about ice cream in Italy. Ooh, the Italians are like, it's not ice cream. Sorry. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.